0: Praise the Lord, everybody, all the bibliophiles, the lovers of the word, all the Theophilus out there, the Theophili, the plural of Theophilus, the God lovers. We are glad that you are here with us at the Biblos Network. I hope you are blessed and highly favored where you are, that the grace of God is keeping you and speaking life into your hearts. I I don't even know where to begin. God has blessed us. God is opening great doors. We have people being baptized left and right, people receiving the Holy Ghost. We are busting at the seams with revival. We are so thankful for it. It is a a humbling thing to know that God will work through people that will sincerely seek after him and apply his principles. Not only are the spiritual things happening that are, primarily spiritual, but there are natural things happen driven by spiritual dynamics. We have young men and young ladies that are starting businesses that are really becoming uh, adept and skillful in handling real estate and investments. And along with the spiritual increase, there is a natural increase. And I do believe that is the will of God. Um, we are called to be kings and priests, priests being that we work in the spirit world with dexterity and with blessing and with favor. But we also are kings. We are the kings of our domains. We take dominion over the, the areas around us and God gives us blessing and favor. So we are made kings and priests unto him. That's the the natural and the spiritual where God puts his people at the forefront of his purpose, the tip of the spear. And they lead the charge into this end time that we're living in. What a great day to be serving God. I know I sound like a broken record, but you're going to hear that a lot from me because I believe it. I believe it fervently and passionately. Um, Before I launch into what I'm going to be talking about today, I wanted to take a moment and speak to everybody out there. If you are able to come to Houston this next week with us, we are having our annual peak Conference and it is in Houston, Texas. Uh, The dates for the conference are um, July the 19th, 20th, and 21st. We are going to have an amazing time, and I believe the 22nd. We're going to have an amazing time there. Just God is going to show up and show out. God's people are coming. We're gathering from all over the country, all over the world. And we would love to have you there, consecrated young people, worship, great anointed preaching. And so I want to take a moment and plug for this audience, the Peak Conference. It's a great conference that I have personally drawn great strength from, and I will be there. I would love to meet you, and if you are a fan of Biblos, a supporter of Biblos, come and and. Let me meet you and hear where you're from and hear about the great things God's doing in your life. So, peak conference uh, next week. It's going to be great. I hope I can see you guys there. There is a portion of scripture that I have been asked about, and it's a um, it's one that might sound a little odd to some people. And and I've had people question me. What does this mean? Can you explain this verse? And it's found in Luke chapter 5. The Bible says that Jesus made this statement. No man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled, and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man, also having drunk old wine, straightway desireth new, for he saith, the old is better." Right before that, he said, No man putteth a piece of a new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new maketh a rent, and the piece that was taken out of the new agreeeth not with the old. What does this mean? Well, in a nutshell, this basically means the Old and New Testament. That's basically what it means. Jesus is talking about the superiority of the new covenant And and what he's doing is he's responding to the question that the disciples asked him. They said to him, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, the disciples of the Pharisees, but thine eat and drink. So he says to him, can you make the children of the bride chamber fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away and then shall they fast in those days. They were trying to get uh, Jesus and his disciples to to fast, and to follow Old Testament protocols in the day that they were living in? Why is it that your disciples aren't joining in with us? Why does it seem like they are acting frivolous and maybe cavalier with spiritual matters? Jesus' basic response was, I'm still here with them, guys. It's not time to fast and mourn just yet. I'm, I'm filling them with information. It's three and a half years of the most advanced Dynamic education that any man on the planet Earth has ever received. Any man, any woman. For three and a half years, they had access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The fullness of the Godhead dwelled in Jesus bodily. And here he is opening up a deluge of information into their minds and into their hearts. Yeah, well, I think John is the one that said, if if every act of Jesus Christ were written, the world, the world could not contain the books that would be written. He did so many things. So he makes the analogy of an old garment and a new patch. So here's this hole, this tear, if you will, in this old garment. Now that old garment has already been washed. It is already already shrunken. The elasticity of the fiber has left long ago. It's limp. It is tattered. It's fibrous. It's fibers rather are brittle. It's all the stretch is gone out of this garment. The spring is no longer there. There's no bounce. What he was saying was the Old Testament is over. It's ending. I am the mediator of the new covenant. Moses brought the old, but it's time for the new. That's what they say, out with the old, in with the new. Well, Jesus was coming to do that. And basically, if he was going to join in with them and try to salvage this old garment, it would be like putting a new patch and that new patch would be pliable. It would not have shrunk. <laughs> I I got a, a shirt one time. My wife got me. God bless her heart. She's always getting me nice clothes. My wife dresses me, by the way. I'm the worst stylist. I have no sense of fashion. I would wear khakis and a blue shirt the rest of my life if I had my way about it. And my wife tries to keep me current and she does a great job of trying. (laughs) I don't know how well I pull it off, but... God bless her heart. She got me this shirt, and I I didn't know that it had to be dry clean, so I just threw it in the wash. It was a great shirt. When I put it on, it fit so well. It was such a quality garment. I loved it. Throw it in the wash, wear it again. When it came out, the thing could have fit a Ken Barbie doll. It was tiny, it had shrunken. And I, I I guess I wasn't supposed to wash it and I guess particularly not on high heat. So I don't know. I ruined it. Basically what Jesus was saying was you cannot take a garment that has not been shrunken. It has not gone through the process. You can't take a new patch and put it on an old garment because when it does contract, it will tear the old garment. The old garment will give way. It will not flex and contract with the new patch and the, rent or the tear in the old garment will be worse. In essence, he was saying, I'm not here to patch up the Old Testament, guys. I am here to bring a completely new covenant that is better than the old covenant. Moses comes down and he breaks the first tablet tablets of stone that a second set of tablets might be made metaphorically foreshadowing that man would break the first covenant right out of the gate. And God would have to forge and make a new covenant. Jesus is the mediator of that new covenant. So he's not here to patch up the old. He is here to make a new garment. And it's the same thing with the wine and the wineskins. It's a great question. I'm glad you took the time to submit it, but no man takes new wine and puts it in old bottles. Old bottles, rather I should say wineskins in that day, were designed to accommodate the gases and the ferment the ferment and the bloat that would come with the bacterial that was de- decomposing in the wine. <clears throat> so they were supposed to breathe with it. They were supposed to flex with it. And, be, and if they had their elasticity proper, they were a new wineskin. They could flex with the fermentation, the gases that were being put off by the wine as it broke down. As it went from grape, ju- grape juice to a fermented beverage, um, an alcoholic beverage. There had to be a, a period of time there where the, the wineskin could flex. If you put it into old bottles, there's no more malleability. There's no more flexibility. It's lost its ability to flex and to move with with the fermenting grape juice. What he was saying was, I'm not going to take this New Testament experience and pour it into an Old Testament paradigm. I'm not going to do it. It's not built for that. So I'm not going to join in with the Pharisees and with John. That is the old wineskin. And if I try to do that, it won't work. It will burst. It will be ruined. The wine will be ruined. The bottles will be destroyed. I'm not here to patch together a quilt." Of Old and New Testament. I am here to pour this into new wineskins. There's going to be a new people that arise, a people that are born of the water, born of the Spirit. I'm here to save the Gentiles. I'm not going to reform Judaism. I am going to create the true Israel of God. I'm going to create an olive tree that is both Jew and Gentile. It will be the church and it will accommodate the new wine of the Holy Ghost. And then at the very end of it, he says, no man also having drunk old wine straightway desireth new for he saith the old is better. And that's, this is a true statement about the old Testament as it encountered the new Testament. People had such a hard time grasping the fact that God was doing a new thing and no man straightway desireth, you know, give God time. Just because you don't immediately like it doesn't mean it's wrong. It means that you're accustomed to the old. I know this is true in churches. A lot of times when a younger generation comes to the forefront, the older generation begins to to feel the difference, the, the clash of the new and the old. As the old guard gives away to the new guard and the kingdom of God advances forward. A lot of times, and, and this is obviously the context is the Holy Ghost Old Testament, New Testament, not patching together those two things. But this also can be anybody that's coming out of an old system into a new system. If you are accustomed to the old, you don't straightway or immediately desire the new because you say the old is better. The old is always better. People don't like change. They don't like newness, but. The only constant in this life is change. And the church has to be ready to flex and be ready to adapt. So some of the songs will be new. Some of them will not be the old songs. Although I will say I am an advocate of the old songs. I love the old songs. I was raised up on the Sing unto the Lord hymnal. I was raised up with the classics. In sin I wandered sore and sad with weeping heart an aching head till Jesus came and sweetly said, I'll take thy sins away. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood that washes white as snow. How did it go? We may not know. We may not tell. How how we were saved from death and hell. Ah, the words run from me right now. But if somebody got up and started singing it, I'd be right there with them. (laughs) Um, There's a phrase in there about how grace the awful gulf did span. Um, Beautiful words, beautiful words that, you know, I'm not so young that I don't appreciate the words and the beauty of the poetry of some of those people that had great walks with God. Sometimes it seems like today we have four chords and repeat the same thing over and over and... It can be a little bit more about rhythm and tempo than it is about meaning. So, but at the same time, you have to flex. You got to move and you got to know that we can't be so stuck back in the old paradigm that we can't appreciate the new. And so, people that are so accustomed and familiar with the old styles can struggle in a new setting because they say the old is better. It's what they have grown up on, it's what has shaped them and molded them. I try hard to strike a blend. I try to allow for the new songs and I try to bring the old songs into it. And some of this younger generation just looks at me like, where did you pull that song out from? And you know, I can see the older generation responding to it and worshiping and I don't think we should be so new that elders feel like aliens in a strange land. I think we need to minister to everybody and I don't think that it needs to be so old fashioned that we can't relate to the grandkids because all hell is pulling at them and I want to be able to minister to them in a language that they can relate to and they can hear so new wine goes into new bottles and and you cannot patch an old tattered garment with a new a new piece of cloth it's got to be coupled with a new wineskin and a new garment. God is interested in New Testament dynamic and and if you're struggling with embracing the new. The Bible says no man straightway desireth. If you will give it time, and if you will teach Bible studies and win the lost and preach the doctrine and love God and worship with all your heart, you will find that you will begin to love the new as well. And you know, there was a time when the old songs were new songs. And there was a generation from the 30s and 40s that thought that we were losing everything because because we were singing what back then were considered new songs. I remember there were preachers that preached against harvest time because it was cutting edge technology and we were going to seduce the people with this this radio program (laughs) and they preached against it. So... I guess newness is relative. Don't change the doctrine. Don't change the principles and that we love so much and that make the church great, but be ready to flex with the new things that God is doing and let's reach our world. and Let's preach the gospel to everyone that we can. I'm afraid this session will be a little shorter, guys. It is a busy summer schedule and I have got to catch a plane at six o'clock in the morning. So pray for me. We're going to be out uh, preaching and ministering and Uh, When this summertime passes, we'll have great guests for you and interviews and more exploration into the great things of God. So I'm so glad you could join us this week. Until next time, God bless you and keep you.